I want to congratulate all the mothers in the in the church and uh, I did call my mom this morning and uh, she was waiting she had been waiting since five for those phone calls to come in and uh, I actually was the first one to call her and so I kind of heard about it from my next sibling she said I heard you were the first I said yeah I was uh, I figured I'd been later because it wasn't what about 730 before I called her and uh, she said no I've been up I knew it I, I, I knew it she, she'd be up waiting moms are like that you know and so uh, uh, church couldn't function without mothers if it was just men we'd never get nothing done we'd just eat and that, that just ain't going to work. And so, uh, uh, you know, uh, one woman, she'll, she'll outwork 10 men. And uh, that's, that's the case here. And my pastor, uh, Brother Tom, before he sent uh, me down here when they ordained me, he says, I just got one word of advice. Don't ever get the ladies mad at you, the mothers in the church, because if you ever do, your goose is cooked. You can get the men upset, doesn't matter, but you get the mothers upset, you can mark her down, you're done. <laughs> and so I've tried to live by that. I do not want to go out of my way uh, to uh, uh, upset the mothers. And uh, there is nothing more fierce than a mother when she is in uh, grizzly mode, protecting her cubs. And, uh, and so you just, uh, you learn as a man, you just kind of get out of the way. <laughs> you just, mm-hmm, yep, yep. <laughs> and that's good. All right, if you've brought your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 1, I'm going to spend a little time here today on Hannah, the right kind of mother. Hannah, the right kind of mother. And uh, hopefully we can learn some things from this uh, text. And by the way, I, I found a quote today, and it's an unknown. I uh, don't know who, who uh, qu uh, quoted it or wrote it, but it says, Life doesn't come with a manual. It comes with a mother. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And I, I think I was reading another one. It says, if, if you don't succeed then do it the way your mother told you to do it <laughs> on the first try. And so there's a lot of those uh, little cute words of wisdom. But mothers are very important. And, uh, and, and while, while I'm saying that, uh, uh, they had gotten a bad rap in the Baptist movement. Uh, and you know I'm death on that uh, around here. I don't, they they, they, they uh, had used women uh, as, uh, as an appendage. They weren't important in the house of God. And, and you'll get in some churches, they, won't, they don't even want uh, the ladies to say amen or to speak or to uh, uh, give a, a personal testimony or to shout. Uh, they, and and I'm, I, no, that's, that's not going to happen around here because I believe that you quench the Holy Spirit of God. Mothers are important uh, and mothers are important to the ministry and the work of God. And I'll even go out on a limb a little bit to say that as a pastor, uh, a pastor, number one, he's supposed to have a, a rule his house well. And his wife, uh, when the pastor gets called, uh, the wife gets called too. Now, some preachers will disagree with that. But I got Bible on that. The Bible says when you're married, you become one flesh. 
If God calls you, he called her, and she has a role to play. Now, Jen's not in the pulpit this morning preaching, but she's got a very important role to play in the ministry that God has called us in. Not me, us. Us. We work as a team. And, and uh, I'm very family-oriented, and I believe that some pastors' ministries are hindered because their wives don't, they never surrendered to the call, and they don't want to assume their role as a pastor's wife, and therefore it hinders the strength and durability of the local assembly. Mothers are important. They are important. Uh, you'll notice around here that most of the good ideals will come from the mothers. Uh, and I just got just enough sense to say, I'm going to listen to that. That sounds like sage advice. All right, 1 Samuel chapter 1, if you found your place, let's read this chapter, chapter 1. I believe that'll give us enough verses in Scripture to give us context. It says, Now there was a certain man of Ramoth of Mount Ephraim. That's how they taught me how to do that, Bible school. And his name was Elkanah, the son of Jerome, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephrathite. And he had two wives, God help him. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. Now, later you would learn these are very wicked men. And they were so wicked that the people loathed to even come to church. And he calls it the house of God. It's the tabernacle, but they call it the house of God. And it was so bad that these people, uh, they, they loathed. They, 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 didn't, they were not excited about having to go up to offer the sacrifice. But out of obedience to the Lord, they did anyway. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb, and her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And I'm going to be vague here. Sometimes God sees fit to do that. I don't know why. Uh, maybe that'll be one of the things that we will ask the Lord over there. But I will take this time to say where the word of God is vague, I'm going to be vague. I don't know why he did that, but he did that. And as we read on, he says uh, that he says, and as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Now we're going to learn something here about Elkanah, which is the way of all men. Then said Elkanah, her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? A men just don't understand, uh, ladies. Uh, uh, they're just not going to understand it. Uh, why? That it is natural for a woman to want to have children. And this thing had vexed Hannah so much that she wept before the Lord and was bitter over it. And then uh, the Panina was vexing her also about it. Say, oh, I've got kids. You must not be living right. You can't have none. And that's not the case. God had seen fit to do this thing. But Elkanah, because he doesn't understand about this look what he says and why is thy heart grieved am not I better to thee than ten sons 
Oh, you knew I was going to comment on that. Because I've been upset. I've been weaned. I'm not the baby no more. Little Terry Ann is. Doodlebug is. I've been kicked out. And Elkanah here is saying, look, am I not better to you than ten babies? He's, I mean, and I was thinking about that. I put some time thinking about this. I mean, all you got to do is feed me, take care of me, but you never have to change dirty diapers. I mean, isn't this a blessing? <laughs> I'll stop there before I get my goose cooked for lunch. Thank God that us men are going to cook for lunch because we probably wouldn't get none. But that was what I thought of when I seen what Elkanah said. He said, am I not better to you than ten sons? I mean, ain't I the chief baby here? I mean, I'm everything that you would ever want. I cook for you. I give you things. I call you on Mother's Day and... No mess. Clean up. All right. Maybe I was the only one that got that. I thought that was funny. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. And now Eli, the priest, he sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. They're calling this tabernacle a temple. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah... She spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken, and Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. And then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her husband, her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come, about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have gotten, I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good. Tarry until thou hast weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. When she had weaned him, she took him up, 
with her with three bullocks and one ephah flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. She said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord for this child I prayed. And the Lord hath given me my petition, which I ask of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Let us pray. Our gracious Father, we come. We thank you now for today. And Lord, we want to thank you for our mothers. And for the mothers of this church, they play a very important role. Now, Lord, if there be any that's lost or gone astray, uh, Lord, let the Holy Spirit work in their hearts this morning. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Hannah, the mother of Samuel. Samuel is to be the last judge of Israel. Samuel would have been the prophet that anointed Saul king, and he anointed David king. So Samuel will be the last judge of Israel. Hannah, she lived during the time of oppression from the Philistines. They were warring often. And because Israel, when they first entered the land, did not totally annihilate them like the Lord had said, they had become a thorn in their side. And so Hannah's, she prays a prayer, but she makes a vow to God, not a bargain. Some people, uh, depending on who you read after, will say, well, well, she made a bargain with God. And she's not making a bargain with God. She makes a vow to God, which that's what the Scripture said. And it's an act of surrender. If you think about it, the most important thing in her life was to have a son. And so she willingly gives up this most important person to God, and in doing so found that God's grace is sufficient. A real important lesson. Now let me give you a few points. I don't, not intending to be long, because I think it would be important that we spend time with mothers today. Let me give you some things about Hannah. Hannah, this lady dealt with adversity. And, and I wanted to bring that out because a lot of times when we read these Bible stories, we, we think that these people never had to deal with a bad day or bad week or a bad year. But Hannah, she dealt with adversity. Her life was not just peachy. God had shut up her womb, and I don't know why. Panina was an adversary to her, made fun of her, you know, vexed her about this thing. And uh, not being able to have a child, it grieved her much. And Eli, now you've got you to get this, Eli, the man of God, accuses her of being drunk in the house of God. So Eli, the man of God's not discerning things quite right. He discerns wrongly about her. Now, she overcomes all of this adversity. It didn't make her leave the house of God. I, I believe, uh, number one, a lot of ladies today don't even want to have children. 
Uh, they have left. They don't have that natural desire. It is natural for a woman to want to have children. It's natural. This is a natural thing. Uh, and, 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 but this lady, she didn't let this uh, adversity keep her out of the house of God. If you've kind of noticed that, I've brought some of these things to her attention. Her life was not just peachy, you know. Uh, we, we get that fluffy picture in our mind that like Abraham and Sarah never had to deal with anything uh, hard in their life or that Hannah didn't have to overcome any obstacles. And so they wouldn't understand uh, what I'm going through or what you're going through. And I got news for you, living in that day uh, with the advancement in science for that time, they had a pretty rough life. But yet in that, there she was in the house of the Lord. You had two, two boys there, Eli and Hophni and Phinehas, who were sons of Eli, who were sons of Belial. And Eli was not ruling his house well. He was just letting them do whatever. And the people kept telling him, you know what your boys are doing? They're stealing the sacrifices. They're stealing the meat and the things that they shouldn't be taking. And he just let it go on. And God said the reason Eli did that is because he favored his sons more than God. But yet here's Hannah in the house of God, uh, putting it all on the altar. Uh, the, she's, she's light years ahead of a lot of women today because if you just look at somebody sideways, they ain't coming to the church the rest of their lives. You know, they grow to hate church, but not Hannah. The Bible says that they loathe to go up to worship, but they knew God had commanded it, so there she was. So she was a woman, a mother, the right kind of mother, that dealt with adversity and persevered. She also was a following woman. She followed her husband. Uh, Elkanah said, look, we got to go up. This is what God requires. This is what God has commanded. And so she willingly goes up in spite of all this. She knew she was going to be made fun of. There they are sitting at the table. Elkanah's giving out the portions. And, and Panina gets her portions. And her children get their portions. But Hannah... She gets a portion. He, he gives her a worthy portion. I, I was thinking this week because I had been studying this message that <laughs> we had got rotisserie chicken one of those days. And so I was giving Jenny her portion. I, I thought that to be pretty good, but I, I couldn't get her to carry through with that on the bacon this morning. I couldn't. I, I mean, I, I tried to cook the bacon. I, I cooked breakfast this morning. For Mother's Day, but I still didn't get to dole out her portion of bacon. I don't know what's up with that, but you don't mess with Jen and her bacon. You're not going to get to divvy it up. She's going to give you what she thinks you need, and then the rest is hers. And so I just get a couple scraps. <laughs> now I'm off the path, ain't I? <laughs> <laughs> that would, uh, that's what I was thinking of, uh, that I was, I was trying to pay attention and learn from the Bible that Elkanah was given, he was making his wife's plate, giving her her portion. I, I like to have Jenny make my plate. And if you see that when we have dinner here on the grounds, uh, sometimes she'll make my plate. And, uh, and it has caused her some, some sour looks through the years, like, I wouldn't do that. 
Am I not better to you than ten sons? <laughs> but that mind come in there as I was cutting her portion of rotisserie chicken off this week. I was thinking about what Elkanah was doing and he did for Hannah and he did for Panina and those folks there. Uh, but she was a following woman and she also was following the Lord. Uh, but we see here she's a praying woman. You see that? In spite of all this, in spite of everything that's going on, she's a praying woman. And something that hit me while I was reading there, uh, which is, is in my lifetime has been up for debate. You know, if you don't pray out loud, then God don't hear it. Right here, Hannah prayed in her heart, only her lips moved with no sound. And by the way, God heard her. And let me say it like this. God never forgets the prayers of a praying mother. And God listens to the prayers of mothers. Yes, He does. God listens. Uh, that's why I said mothers are important. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the Lord was born of a woman, the seed of a woman. Trust me, mothers are important. Mothers were important to Jesus because they're on the cross suffering for your sin, my sins. There He looks at John and says, John... Behold thy mother. He wanted to make sure his mother was taken care of. And John says, from that day, I took her home and I took care of her. Apparently Joseph had passed away, doesn't say. It's vague, so I'll be vague there. But she was a praying woman and God hears and listens to the prayers of praying mothers. And God does not forget the prayers of praying mothers. There's been many of testimonies of preachers that got saved later in life that said it was the prayers of their mother that finally led them to God. Pretty powerful. My mom told me this morning, she says, I'll be praying for you as you preach. Now, I got news for you. When she said that, that I'm, I'm about ready to face lions down, you know. Uh, that's pretty good. You got mom uh, praying for you uh, there. And it's like, man, this is good. I'm feeling pretty good with my bad self, you know. If mom approves, it's good. But Hannah was a praying mom. But you know, she was a God-honoring woman. And this is really where I wanted to focus this message this morning. Because I believe it to be so important, I believe it to go with our series of messages on the family and fragmented families and how to avoid pitfalls in the home and why are mothers so important. And years gone by, I preached a message out of Romans 1 that mothers are the last line of defense in a nation. And we're about to lose that in this nation, folks. And when the mothers go down... This nation will be all, but it'll be over. But a God-honoring woman, that's who Hannah was. Hannah, the right kind of mother. She put God first. She honored the house of God. It was priority in her life. I need you to see that. She honored the man of God. And here's an important part. And mothers, this is what I need you to listen to this morning. Hannah helped Samuel 
discover his shape in Christ. I don't know if you've seen that in the text, but that's what's going on here. Hannah wanted a child. God had shut her womb. She began to pray, and maybe God just wanted to see how serious she was about that. And so God grants her request. He honors her vow. She made a vow to the Lord, says, If you grant me a man-child, I'll give him back to you. I'll lend him back to you. I think this is where we get baby dedications. Give him back to you. And so he'll be yours to use the rest of his days. She was going to help that child discover their life mission for God. You know, there's a lot of people today that wander through this life aimlessly trying to find themselves. You hear that. Well, I'm just trying to find myself. I know a little something about that. When a person says that, that something, there was a pitfall that a parent fell into in the home. Because one of the mother's jobs is to help this child, your child, discover their shape in Christ. You see, and here's how she began to do that. One, she gave him to the Lord. Two, she planted him in the house of God. I, you see that. She took him up when he was weaned and says, here's where he's going to dwell. He's planted. She planted him in the house of God. And you've heard me say this. Folks, mothers, church is important. But I will tell you this, Sunday school is just as important. And some of our mothers have stepped up to make sure those little ones are in Sunday school. And I'll tell you something else It was uh, uh, that, that kind of give me some inspiration on this is we watch some of the children in the church, the babies, and I like babies. You know, I kind of thought, I don't know, I didn't ask uh, uh, Ashley and, and, and Caitlin if they was thinking about this, but I, I was thinking about this when Hannah brought Samuel to Eli. It's like, look, I want you to be an influence, a mentor in his life. And so I always try to get a chance when Jen watches the babies that I get to hold them and interact with them and spend time with them there in the house. I, I don't think, I, I think that's a lot better than just throwing them off anywhere. I mean, what better place to help your child discover their shape in Christ is plant them in the house of God and with the man of God. That's what Hannah does. Hannah's the right kind of mother. And I count that as an honor as I think Eli counted it as an honor that he was going to take care of little Samuel and have an influence, a godly influence on him. I think we'd do some good if some mothers would say, you know what, I want the pastor to be a godly influence on my children. She put Samuel on the path to discover his shape in Christ. And here's what I'm, I'm talking about. See, God has shaped every believer to successfully fill his plan for their life. 
Everybody sitting in here this morning, you're not here by accident. You're here because God allowed it, because God can shut wombs, and God can open wombs, and God granted this womb to produce a child. So God does that. And every child, even little Terry Ann, this is her first service. She's barely a week old, ain't she? Five days old. She's already in the house of God. I'm thankful for that. It melts my heart to see a grandbaby here in the house of God. To see my children in the house of God. And I, I wanted to take this time to brag on God a little bit. God's been good to me. God's been good to me. You understand, God called us into the ministry, Jenny and I. Our children were almost grown. But we knew for a fact that God called us. We left a lot of stuff behind. We only come down here with what we could fit into a small U-Haul and a pickup truck and the back of a Crown Vic. We moved down here. God give me my family. And they moved down with me. And I thought I lost one. But I, I stayed true. And I thought I lost him during the church split. And it liked to broke my heart. God brought him back. This church prayed for him. And then he brought a daughter-in-law. And now we got a grandbaby. God's been good. God has blessed. I sat down and began to think about that this week. And I was just overcome with joy on how good God has been. Because we made a decision that we're going to be planted in the house of God. We wanted to follow the Lord. And the Lord said, if you seek me first, he said, I'll give you the desires of your heart. And I got news for you. There ain't nothing more real in this world than family. I got news for you. There'd be a whole lot of less fighting and fussing if you just understood the value of family and how important a soul is. Pretty important. God's been good to me. Now, I wanted to take this time just to praise the Lord about that just a little bit before I close in the message. That it is worth it. It is worth it to serve God. It is worth it. And you can serve God and take a good stand and keep your family too. And God will bless you with more. That little grandbaby is adorable. She's the prettiest princess in all the land in the world and the universe. Now I understand how some of you grandparents feel. Yeah. God help us. She'd be spoiled rotten. But we're going to teach her the right way. We're going to plant her in the house of God. Make sure the man of God has a good influence in her life. That little child has a purpose. Every child, every person in here has a purpose. You have a life mission that God wants you to accomplish. 
some of these children are small enough that they can be directed into the right path. Our shape is a key way that God reveals His specific plan for us. We all have spiritual gifts that God wants us to use. Every person in here has a spiritual gift that God wants you to use for Him. We all have a heart or a passion for doing certain things. We're not all the same. We all don't have the same passion. We all have different passions according to the way God made us. We all have special abilities. Some of you are better at organizing than I am. Some of you are better at asking people for help and to be involved than I am. And that's a blessing. That's your spiritual gift. That's your shape in Christ called leadership. It's good. We all have a unique personality that God has created us with. Each and every one of us. Nothing to be ashamed of. And we all have experiences that enable us to reach out to others. And it is a mother's job, if she's to be the right kind of mother, to help her children discover their shape in Christ and to teach them that they are fearfully and wonderfully made and that God has a specific life mission for them to accomplish. All that we could have some more mothers like Hannah. Hannah is the right kind of mother who was able to wrestle with God to get her prayers answered in spite of adversity and then she made sure that her little child, Samuel, one of the greatest prophets in the Bible, was planted in the house of God and was planted by the man of God so that he could be an influence and a mentor in that young child's life. All that we could have the right kind of mothers. Now you all know that I really enjoy the children in the church. And I include them in a lot of things. And why is because I want to be a good influence to them. I want to be a mentor. And I pray to God every day that I never disappoint. Those little hearts, and those little minds, those little eyes that look up. Again, little Sid, she wanted to follow me around this morning. Because her parents made sure that she was in the house of God. That the man of God had a little influence on her life. And I appreciate that. I, I really do. But you moms and you grandmas and mimis, you think about that. Your job is a very important job. I think my mom knew before I did that God had called me to preach. That I'll be a preacher one day. Mothers have a way of knowing these things. Now she didn't say a whole lot until after I had wrestled with that call. And settled it because she didn't want a mama called preacher. She wanted a God called preacher. 
but she planted me in the house of God so that I could have a man of God to be an influence in my life. And I, I had a blessed life because I had a good pastor and a preacher, my father, who also mentored us. Someday I'll probably have to give an account why didn't I do more for God. Because I've had a blessed upbringing. And I thank God for my mothers. And I thank God for the mothers in this church. And I thank you for maybe even listening to this message this morning and say, you know what? Never thought about it like that. I want to be the right kind of mom to help my children discover their shape in Christ because they're fearfully, wonderfully made. They're unique and God has a special life mission for them. That's why you're here. To bring glory and honor to God. Let's stand.